0: so again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event again that is jconnor.com j a y c o n n e r dot com forward slash event now let's get into today's episode
1: Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing with Jay Conner. I'm Jay Conner, the Private Money Authority, and I want to give you a special welcome. If this is your very first time, you're part of a movement we kicked off the show just a little over a year ago. We've got almost 200,000 downloads and listens, and we're excited you're here. If this is your first time to the show, we talk about all things related to real estate investing from single family houses to commercial, to self-storage, to land, to assisted living, to anything you can think about. But our primary focus most of the time is single family houses. How do you find the deals? How do you find the hot motivated sellers? How do you get them funded? How can you sell them quickly? How can you control them? And how can you have the freedom in this business, which is why we get in this business to start with? Well, if you've been tuning in over the past few months or year, you know I have had some amazing guests here on the show. And today's show, it's absolutely no different before I introduce my special guest today, I've got a free gift for everybody and that is an online demand class that is going to show you how to get the funding for your deals regardless of your credit, your experience, what your mortgage, a banker would say or any of that. So you can go check it out at www.jayconner.com forward slash money podcast. That's www.jayconner.com forward slash Dot com forward slash money podcast. Well, I'm so excited to have my friend and colleague on the show today. His name is Chris Prefontaine, and Chris is quite the guy. He is the best-selling author of more than one book. In 2017, he released The Real Estate on Your Terms, and now just this year, he has released a new book titled The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. So let me tell you, Chris was so kind to send me an autographed copy of his his newest book that he's released, and you for sure are going to want to get a copy of that book as well. Before I bring on Chris, just a little bit more about him, he's been investing as of today's show for over 27 years. He's also the founder of Smart Real Estate Coach, and he's also the host of a very large famous podcast himself which is titled The Smart Real Estate Coach Podcast. Now he lives in not Newport, North Carolina like I do, but he's in Newport, Rhode Island with his uh, his wife Kim and their family, and they run the family business. So anyway, he's just a very, very well-known, successful for many years real estate investor himself. He's known to be an expert on terms, and I'm so excited to have Chris on today. And one of the reasons, that I decided to have Chris on my show is because he's just like me. The, the foundation of his business is having a servant's heart and giving back to the community, which I'll let him talk about that in a moment as well. So with that, Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Chris, you've been in real estate investing for quite a while. And you, you do the business a little bit different than some other folks. I know you focus on terms and that, but before we get into your expertise on how you control properties with how, having to risk your own money, how did you get involved in real estate investing?
2: Well, at the risk of dating myself, which I think you already alluded to the dates. So I had been around a family company, I'm going way back to like 90s or late 80s, early 90s, but the family company wasn't real estate, Jay. They actually, my, my dad would build his own buildings in the welding supply industrial gas business and then lease them back to himself. You know, so he would create a little income stream there and then he started flipping land. So I was around that for a while. I built homes from like 91 till... 95, bought a Realty Executives franchise, so I had my broker hat on in those days, and then I sold that to Cowell Banker in 2000, and then started working on my own investments ever since, and coaching people around North America, but then the lovely debacle of '08 happened, and that caused us to totally re-engineer what we're doing, and, and thankfully, in hindsight, that's what we do today, and that is not using banks, and not signing personal loans, and all that fun stuff that you alluded to.
1: So, I had a huge blessing in disguise in 2009 when I was totally cut off from the banks. I was relying on banks to fund my deals. And when I look back as to how that changed my business, and I knew I had to do business a different way, would you say your 2008, 2009 was in some kind of way a blessing in disguise as well as to how you can now look
2: back and see what happened? As painful as that was, yes, 100%. There's no question. I I mean, I always say things happen for a reason, but it's often difficult when you're going through it, right? So it took me, I would say, all of four years to wind out of all the junk and actually launch in 2012, 2013-ish, the way it lives today. Of course, it's been refined, but the way we live and breathe today, which is entirely different. And even though we were at that for many years before the crash, I I was not exposed to, to the things that we're doing today.
1: Well, that triggers an important question on my part, and that is something happened. We had the crash in 2008, 2009, and so what way were you doing the business,
2: and what way are you doing the business now differently? Sure. We were using banks 100%, and of course, when the market was screaming up, we made the ultimate mistake of thinking it was an ATM machine it would never stop. So when things took a hit, it was, they were knocking on my door. I had the great credit. I had the personal signatures. I thought that was okay. And that's what we're supposed to use it for. And so now we buy everything, lease purchase or owner financing. We don't use banks. We don't even raise private. We don't use any down payment money, minimal if any. And I probably would, I will tell you that with maybe one exception, my personal home, but other than that, we don't do it. We control not counting student deals. We control around 50 or 60 properties at any one time. And none of those are we on personally, am I on personally. And I can sleep a lot better than I could in 08. I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> I got you. So what does it mean to buy and sell or control a property on terms?
2: Uh, primarily for us, that means lease purchase and we exit with a rent to own or on a financing and we exit with the rent to own. However... With the owner financing for us, Jay, because I know there's different niches, as you know, in, inside of that niche, we look for free and clear properties. And when we do that, we look for principal-only payments monthly. So those are some lucrative deals. As long as we can get out there like four and five years in terms, we've got some nice six-figure deals there. Oh,
1: my lands. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, if you can negotiate, not if, but when you negotiate as the real estate investor with the seller of the house and you're making principal-only payments, I mean, my land, you're not only creating positive cash flow right now, but you're building wealth for the long term when that property pays off.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's why I like them just after going through what we went through. And of course, with everyone asking now, well, what about the recession? Uh, all we're doing now is pushing out longer and longer terms with people that are able to wait. That's all. And, and you know, I, I know from my show and other shows, people say, well, come on, what seller would do that or why would they do that? You know, our office building, Jay, we bought recently, a year ago, almost today, that everybody on this island, I live on an island, said, well, you can't do that on an island. You're not going to get terms. Well, this guy did 20-year terms on our office building, you know, no banks. And to the point where he doesn't want to be paid off, that was an estate planning issue. So I, I love doing the terms. You just have to find them. That's all. I have to find, fish in the right ponds.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times I'll hear, particularly new real estate investors, either say, or I know they're thinking that well, I can't make that kind of an offer because they'll never accept that. And you know what I've found over the years? You never know what the seller is going to accept until you make the offer.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. You and I talked about a mutual acquaintance just before the show, and just a conversation or two with him caused me to go back to about eight of our deals, eight out of 50, right? Like the first week and renegotiate terms. And you know what, Jay? With one exception, they all said, oh, yeah, you know what, that's a good idea. We extended it some like, 15 years, 10 years, by, by adding a teeny bit of interest, a teeny bit after years of principal. And they all said, sure. So I'm just blown away by if you ask what, what can happen.
1: Exactly. You never know what they'll do. You know, one thing I, I know you hear from your students, Chris, uh, just like I hear from mine, when it's particularly a new real estate investor, there's so many different strategies that new real estate investors can learn and uh, begin to implement. But I know you talk about there's two specific strategies that you have in mind for a new real estate investor to focus on. What are those two strategies?
2: To be honest, if they're brand new, I don't even like the owner financing route for them because when we do owner financing, we don't put money down, which means we have to pay a transfer tax usually on their behalf. So I love for a newbie, I love the lease purchase because the lease purchase, we have a whopping $10 deposit built into our agreements and they're not taking title. In my opinion, for lack of a better word, it's a lot safer. And I just know from talking with a lot of our students, they can sleep better at night knowing that they're not taking title and there's not this big unknown for them. I love the lease purchase. And the lease purchase can be done, as you know, with a debt-free house. If you're afraid of transfer tax, you don't have to take title. It can be done with an over-leveraged house. It can be done with just your average, hey, I've got 30 or 40 grand equity in the house. So we've, we've done all those types of deals, lease purchase.